Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome once again to History Dweebs. My name is Tim, and the topic of our podcast today is the lipstick killer, um, a man by the name of William George Ahrens. Three names. Uh, Just yeah, he, yeah, he had three names. Just um, he was the man who was arrested and convicted of these crimes, although um, we'll talk about um, this a little bit later on. These uh, brutal, brutal, brutal murders that took place in 1944 in Chicago. And it's probably best known um, as the Lipstick Murders because uh, he would leave notes, or the killer anyway, would leave notes on the mirrors uh, in the victims' homes um, asking uh, for the police to catch him. So we're going to get into the story and all of Mr. Aaron's or the lipstick killer's anyway dastardly deeds. I hesitate. I'm hesitant to say him because there was some question as, as to his guilt, but we'll get into that. Is he dead? Uh, he is. Well, then it yeah. doesn't matter. Well, yeah, but I don't want to. You know, I I to keep open mind. We don't want to sully his good name if, in yeah. fact, he didn't do it. But we're gonna do, we're gonna spend the next forty five minutes sullying Sully his good his name. Good name. Yeah. 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 Well, he did some other stuff, but um, he 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 had a long uh, history of criminal activity. It's just that uh, they were mostly nonviolent crimes. But anyway, before we get into his dastardly deeds, let me introduce our panel. Uh, as you know, I searched far and wide. Bring you the very best in uh, entertainment, and uh, to try to develop a, a panel of high intelligence and personality, and I just couldn't do it. <laughs> so instead, I like to introduce the Queen Amine, um, the Empress of Evil, uh, the Mistress of the Macabre, Satan's dirty little secret, Brandy. How are you today, Brandy? I was better until you introduced us. <laughs> well, I did. Well, it was hurtful. <clears throat> well, I mean, I, I, I like to, you know, I'm, I want to make sure I don't set the bar, bar too high. Well, I think by previous podcasts we've done that. <laughs> I think we've set our, our listeners' expectations at a certain level, and I don't think they expect us to exceed that level at any given probably time. Probably not. Probably not. But you're okay You're okay today, Brandy? Living the dream. Still don't have a ladies' maid, but, you know. Well, have you put up a posting on Craigslist? I know you put up a lot of them on Craigslist. You, <laughs> yeah, might, as well, yeah, put on. you might as well ask for a ladies' maid. You, you know what? But you ought to take the ladies' maid 
out of the casual encounters. Yeah, casual. Try casual. No, maybe you should try casual encounters. Women well, that's where most of her ads go. I know. Casual yeah. encounters. Yeah. Hers goes for W, W for WM. Mm-hmm. Women for women or men. Women or men. She yeah. don't care. She don't care. Huh. Yeah, she don't care. Whatever. Which, the, when we when you said lipstick murders, I thought we was going to get into lipstick lesbians. Yeah, um, no. I know. We won't, but we will sometime. We can talk about that afterwards if you like. Well, a double expert on that. Yeah. She played college softball. You know, yeah, and, and you know when we were talking about, uh, you know, I noticed when we were talking about Evelyn Dick, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we talked about Dick uh, appealed to his father-in-law, and we had that little, you know, yeah. we, we talked about how uh, Dick, uh, you know, we made the little, little dumb, double entendre about Dick, you know, appealing to his father-in-law. I mean, you do understand that I've just stopped listening now. And Brandy did say, uh, Dick appear, uh, appeals to me, too, I guess. I guess. Yeah. She said, so, Dick appeals to me, I guess. That, that, well, there was that, not a lot of enthusiasm well, for Dick well, there. Well, I can see what I think it was. is all of her. She didn't want to insult her, uh, you know, her softball players, her teammates. Yeah. Yeah. She wanted to. But she she could, wanted to make sure she's a part of the team. But she didn't want to come out and be openly anti-Dick. Yeah, yeah. She's neutral when it comes to Dick, I guess. Anything else to add, Brandy? No. Okay. <laughs> Would you like to introduce our next panel? Give us your Dick feelings, devil. How about if I punch you in the dick? <laughs> And you can give me your dick feelings. <laughs> well, let me introduce. Uh, let me introduce our other panel. Uh, the other member of our panel, uh, a man of um, uh, just uh, high esteem, a man uh, who is known for his generosity, of his, such being such a kind-hearted. Oh, what a crock of shit! Oh, wait a minute! Uh, wait a minute! We don't have different him. guy. Yes, different guy. <laughs> and we we can get that guy. <laughs> Instead, we have the very honorable. Uh, no, I'm still the wrong. the most dangerous man in podcasting today, Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters the Third, affectionately known as a Southern gentleman. And I know Brandy, you know you know lots of people who affectionately refer to him as a Southern gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, so how are you today, Colonel? Timmy, I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful, Timmy. I'm, I'm, you know, you know what would be nice? You know, and you know what would really, I think, add to this podcast? What would be that? What? If the devil would p- quit playing Candy Crush while she was doing it. I know, I know. She just, she's addicted. She's an addict. We she need is. to have an intervent- a Candy Crush intervention. We really do. I mean, Brandy, have you, you know, have you thought about, you know, do you want help? Cause, no, you know, I don't want help. You, you have to really want I help. don't want help. So I'm good. She, she, she's, she spends all the money on in-app purchases. You know what? She, who knew she reminds me of is Amy Winehouse. She's refusing to. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to go to rehab? No, 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 no. Right. I do not. All right. But uh, don't blame us if uh, uh, that leads you down a uh, very, very bad path. And it is going to be, and I'm going to, I'm telling you now, you're going to be a little bit older, a couple, get a couple more years on you, mm-hmm. and you're going to regret that. Yep. Because the colonel right now dealing with, uh, and it's a true thing. That, uh, it runs your Timmy, eyes. Timmy, you remember that, uh, the uh, Blackberry era. Yeah. 
Crackberry. Yeah, and the colonel had a Blackberry. And so, so my Blackberry, you know, you'd, you'd answer emails. That was the big thing, right. you know. Right. It wasn't so much texting, but you'd answer emails. And right now, what the colonel dealing with, to me, is you can take a look right here, um, is a case of severe tendonitis in my thumbs, and they call it Blackberry thumb. That's from having your thumb up your ass. Here we go, devil. Um, see, see how hostile the woman is. I'm trying to make a public service announcement for the good of our listeners. Well, I don't think you have to worry about people getting the BlackBerry thumb anymore. It, it's the same um, thing as with texting sell, those because it's they still an, sell Blackberries. No, yes, the but, government has to buy something. <clears throat> oh, okay. Um, it is a. Uh, it's not a natural repetitive movement for your thumbs, and if you keep texting and you keep doing it. It's all right when you're young and you're more flexible, but I, you know, I swear, I, I swear that uh, texting has cost me my eyesight. I mean, my eyes are just getting worse and worse, and I think. No, I believe that was probably looking at pornography on your I telephone. I think that's what it was too. Uh, one yeah. or the other. Okay, Colonel. Any uh, shout outs? Yeah, we today? said you'd go blind if you just kept doing it. <laughs> if you kept doing it, that's how you yeah. go blind. Yeah. Um, my shout outs. Let's see. I'm going off the top of my head here. Now we always got the lovely lady Beverly. Yes. Um, and and her wonderful sheepdog. She got a beautiful, beautiful she? sheep. Yeah, Sully. And, okay. uh, that reminds me of Canute and Storm. <clears throat> yeah, she's got a big, big old lovable sheepdog. And Canute and Storm. Mm-hmm. Haven't given them a shout out in a while. Yeah. Um, let's see who we got here. We are, well, of course, we go with uh, the. We're not going to call him an official sponsor. We're going to call him a friend of the show, Bob Mears and Son Painting. Yes. Um, still stroking? Still stroking after 27 years. He can do interior, exterior. Actually, when I believe the the Louvre, isn't that the place in Paris? The Louvre. The Louvre. The Louvre. Uh, the Louvre. The Louvre. The Louvre. The Louvre. No, the Louvre's the bathroom. You're right. They have a Louvre in the Louvre, though. They had a... Uh, That's crazy. Yeah. They, they needed some touch-up work done on the Mona Lisa. Who yeah. they call? Bob Mears? Bob Mears and son. Actually, I saw the Mona Lisa when I was in Paris, and I mean, you cannot even get close to it. You, I mean, there's just a crowd of people behind, you know, in front of you. It's just that's the only place that's crowded. So, you, if you want to know where the Mona Lisa is, you just follow the crowd because that's where everyone's standing. But I don't know. Back then, this was in the '90s, and it cost like thirty-five dollars to get into the Louvre. I need to see what it would cost now. But I don't know why I said that. I'm just sharing. And we got who else? Who else do we got? The regular follow. We got. Oh, we got um, tons. We got Mary Ray. We've got. Um, and yeah. uh, my mom. Who? My mom. Uh, no, Timmy. God damn it! Now you know you don't give shout outs to your own mama. Dottie Scott is my last. You know I've, I've seen. No, the uh, people may look, notice and they may not, but the Colonel a fan of Bruce and Bruce uh, Springsteen. When he introduced the band, he always introduced Clarence last. Okay. Well, you always give a shout out to to Dottie Last. Okay, Clark, Clark, I would like Clark. to uh, give a shout out to Sydney. Uh, I would like to give a shout out to Tara, to Bree, uh, to T- Kim Taylor. Uh, you know that Kim Taylor girl. She though she a friend of the devil. Yeah, but she's I smart believe. lady. She's smart lady. Still right. friend of the devil. Uh, Celine and smart. then of course uh, Celine and then of course uh, Brittany uh, Brittany Nicole, otherwise known as. Back to a Britney. No. <laughs> no. No. A buttercup. I'm buttercup. sorry. <laughs> yes. So thank you all for listening. And um, Did you hit check. Stephanie Keish? Thank you, Stephanie. Happy. Uh, thank you for listening, Stephanie. And 
uh, William, and uh, we just, we have so many listeners, and we appreciate your participation on the Facebook page. And what uh, we need to do, listeners, is if you post on the Facebook page, you need to put your birthday up there. No. So we can give you a happy birthday. Well, birthday if you want to do that, you don't have, You can send us a private message. Or a private message, yeah. yeah. But we would. We love it when you post on the Facebook page after our podcast because... What do you uh, mean, no, they shouldn't put their fa- birthday well, on they the shouldn't put their birthday. That's not personal. Somebody going to steal they the damn identity? They can if they want to. I'm just saying they don't. They shouldn't. Yeah, don't put your social security number up there. Um... <laughs> Anyway, could you leave your credit card number and your PayPal I, password? You know, this is off topic, but I read that Anonymous was going to release um, Donald Trump's social security number, <laughs> sweet, <laughs> and private cell phone number. Okay. Um, anyway, on to the topic of the show, which is the lipstick murder or lipstick murders. Um, I'm going to talk about the. I'm going to give you a background on the lead suspect, the guy who went to prison for this. As we said, there's some still some doubt whether or not he was actually guilty. Brandy's going to tell us about the murders, and then Charles is going to go over all the suspects and all the different uh, evidence. So um, let's get right into it. William George Ahrens was born in 1928. Um, in Evanston, Illinois. Of course, Colonel, you're That's very right familiar. outside of Chicago. Right outside of Chicago. That's you're, right. very, very, you're familiar with Illinois. Of course, uh, Scott Scott lives in Illinois. No, Scott lives in Indiana. No, Scott lives or in He does live in Illinois. Yeah, That's in right. Illinois. Yeah, it's Scotty J. But, but William Ahrens grew up in um, Evanston in a, a neighborhood of, called Lincolnwood, which is a suburb of Chicago. And he grew up during the Great Depression, uh, having been born in 1928. Uh, his parents had been in the floral business, so they liked flowers. They dealt with flowers. Um, but they lost their business due to the economy. I wonder if they were dirty flowers. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so he grew up in a relatively poor household because, you know, they lost their business due to, due to the Great Depression. Uh, but his, other than that, his upbringing was fairly normal. I mean, his father did odd jobs um, and, um, you know, spent his time working. He wasn't abusive. Like, uh, we, we in most of, a lot of our stories of serial killers, you know, the, the parents are abusive. That's not the case in uh, Mr. Aaron's um, situation. Even when the flower. You know, Timmy, this is something just let me throw out to the listeners here, our men listeners. Mm-hmm. I go to the grocery store a lot, and uh, here's, here's what I found that uh, is, is just just a good idea. This is, when you go to, like, the Kroger, I go mm-hmm. to the Kroger. That's where I go. It's a local... Yeah, local... Grocery chain. Big supermarket chain, and they have a floral section in there. Mm-hmm. And you can usually grab yourself a bunch, a handful of uh, fresh flowers for about $10. Uh-huh. So about every couple weeks, I go to the uh, grocery store, and I grab myself a bouquet of fresh flowers, mm-hmm. and I take them pretty? home. Huh? Does it make you feel pretty? You know what? Mrs. Colonel just likes to have fresh flowers on the dining room table. That's very thoughtful of you. And, uh, and if you do that, your chances of uh, having intercourse, uh, they, they jump exponentially. Really? So, yeah. Okay. So if any of you are struggling with that. Maybe try that with your husband, Brandy. I don't think so. Uh, okay. She's not interested in that. Yeah. Well, I would, I mean, I guess 
don't you have problems with that though? I mean, why do you need to buy her flowers? Yeah. You got the whole ED bloody stool. I don't have the ED bloody stool thing going on. I mean, I you got need, all that happening. You need a crane. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at least, at least, at least a. You know, now, yesterday we tried to get my Mrs. Colonel on the phone, and she we, it was after the show, and she... Shockingly hung up. <laughs> she did hang up, um, but her her nickname for me is... Uh, what was it? Cold Blue Steel. <laughs> no, uh, you tried to get her to admit that you were... Uh, that you quite did vir- not, Her that, words were quite virile. We're here quite, for you, Chuck. I don't know why. Quite <laughs> impotent, I believe, is what she said. I don't know said. why you just continued. <laughs> she did not you know, dispute your impotence at all. Like this thing. We're here for you. <laughs> she yeah. said, she, I mean, sex isn't everything, Chuck. You can learn to live without it. <laughs> what were her exact words? She said, it's it's like three inches of brick. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I mean, you know, don't, don't be too concerned, Colonel, because I've read where, you know, some guys can are, are able to reach climax without even, you know, being being erect. So. Well, that's, that's good to know. Well, that should be comforting for him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Don't worry too much about it. Anyway, let's get back to uh, William Aarons. Buy some flowers. That's all I'm talking about. fallen soldier. <laughs> so William Aarons. The little uh, general got uh, shot by official horse. William in the tomb of the unknown soldier. I can't imagine that'd be very satisfying, though. <laughs> William Aaron's mother... Be like peeing yourself. (laughs) (laughs) She worked at a bakery and often had to leave him alone with his his three younger brothers uh, and baby... Or with baby sisters. William was reportedly to be a loner and enjoyed playing with technical things such as uh, chemistry sets. Remember those, Colonel? Chemistry sets when uh, you was a kid? Erector sets. Yeah, remember those? Yeah. I remember chemistry sets. You didn't have much luck with those, did you? We had a chemistry set, but then we got busted for math. And kind of, That's you know, a bummer. Yeah, well, yeah, the thing with the more. chemistry sets is they give you some crazy-ass shit. You could do some serious damage with those well, things. Well, yeah. It sounds like an easy-bake ovens, man. I don't know. <laughs> kids should not have easy-bake ovens if you're it's a It's a light bulb. Mm-hmm. Still. Have it's you ever faced those things? Those they're kids? not good. No, they're not good at all. Okay, so anyway, he played with toy airplanes. He also liked repairing uh, old clocks. Not old cocks, old clocks. Old clocks. Yeah, okay. now if you like repairing old cocks, that would, <laughs> that girl, that would refer them to you. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, in order to escape, uh, uh, his parents had some, you know, they had some um, marital discord. Uh, but there was no violence in the home. But he would, he would, he liked to hang out by himself and outside. Um, and he took up an interesting hobby um, to kind of uh, relieve the tension from the, uh, you know, the marital stress his parents was having. He Masturbating. Ended, no, he ended up uh, breaking into uh, breaking and entering. That oh. was his little hobby. Everybody needs a hobby. Well, yeah. So he did this as a teen, uh, early teen. He, the only thing he stole for financial reasons was very small amounts of cash. The rest of the loot would include things like clothes or radios, guns he stole, and he kept them in a storage shed near his home. At age 11, uh, he saw a couple having sex. Um, oh, we. He told his mom about this experience. And she told him that sex Why was... Why would you do that? I don't know. But she told him that sex was dirty and nasty and led to diseases. That's, all those things are true. She's not wrong. See, devil, devil is a sex hater. Yeah. Uh, so 
Not well, I feel sorry for Mr. Devil. When he, when William, don't. When William had his first kiss, when he first kissed a girl um, at age twelve, uh, he became uh, he he started to burst into tears and he vomited. See, so and that's why that's what happens. Kiss the girl, made him throw up, and uh, probably did not leave a good impression. Scarred for life. No, no second date. Not. Second date there. <laughs> well, he didn't. He didn't. It wasn't. A, he kissed a girl and didn't like it. Yeah, he did not like it. At age thirteen, he was arrested for carrying a twenty-five caliber handgun that he had stolen. He conf- confessed to many break-ins. And was sent to um, the Gilbert School for Wayward Boys in Terre Haute, Indiana. Terre Haute. Terre Haute, Indiana. Which two years later would also house Charlie Manson. Interesting enough. Yes. Wow. Good old Chuck Manson. Chucky Manson. After two months at the uh, Gilbert School for Wayward Boys, uh, he was released and he was arrested again for breaking and entering. He was then sent to the St. Bede Academy, which was a college uh, or a Catholic college uh, prep high school, where he was an excellent student. In 1945, at age 16, he was released, uh, having skipped his senior year. With, he had very good um, test scores, so they allowed him to skip a year. And he enrolled at the University of Chicago. Now, I'll tell you what, you get to in, you even get into the University of Chicago. I mean, that's a pretty yeah, good school. Yeah, that's a tough one to get yeah, into. Yeah, that's a good school. He was majoring in electric, electrical engineering. Uh, but even while in school, he continued his uh, breaking and entering. He didn't want to get, you know, he didn't want to give that up. Uh, during he didn't his, want to get rusty. Right. During his first years, things went well. Eventually, though, his parents could not afford the tuition. Um, U, uh, University of Chicago is a very expensive school. Uh, they couldn't afford his um, tuition or his dorm fees, and it forced him to do part-time work at night as well as continuing to break it into homes for money. He eventually started stealing war bonds as well. Uh, that was patriotic of him. There you go. It was, yeah. you know, it was during the Second yeah. War. It was, you know, 1944 and 1945 and during the Second World War. So, uh, During the second year of um, at the university, his grades started to slip um, and uh, because he started dating and, uh, you know, vomiting a lot, I guess. <laughs> and then... Uh, he got bulimia every time he got a girlfriend. <laughs> yes. And he started... He kept spending, him in shape. He started spending less time doing homework, and he continued to, you know, supplement his income by breaking into uh, homes and doing uh, and robbing them. And uh, so now uh, we're going to move into... The uh, lipstick murders that occurred around this time. So, about that time, uh, the lipstick murders started. The first murder was attribu- that was attributed to the li- lipstick killer took place um, in June of 1945. Uh, June 5th, actually, to be exact, 43-year-old Josephine Ross was found dead in her apartment. She'd been repeatedly stabbed and her head was wrapped in a dress and her throat had been slit. She was pursued. It was presumed that she was surprised by an intruder who then killed her. Dark hair was found clutched in her hand, so she'd put up a struggle mm-hmm. and yanked some of his hair out. And no valuables were taken. So if he's burglaring yeah. while he's there, he's, he's, he's doing a piss poor job. Unless, he, unless he was inter- <laughs> unless he was interrupted before he could murder us, interrupt us. Yeah, devil, and, and uh, you got your purse, Andy, devil. Or do you do you even wear lipstick? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is what I can't get about this guy. How the hell you stab somebody to death with lipstick? Well, <laughs> you can. It depends. You know, those little um, lip gloss brushes can make a dent. Yeah. They but it just brutal. seems like a lot of work. I mean, it seems like it would he crush used and get He used a knife. He's called the Lipstick Murderer because he wrote notes in lipstick. Oh, and I'll get to that here Okay, okay. If you want to hold See, your now questions. this whole thing's making more sense to me because I'm sitting here all the whole time wondering yeah, how the hell you stab somebody yeah, to death or kill somebody with I, lipstick. I think you could with a lip gloss. Well, when they said the lipstick murder, I thought, well, maybe he choked them to death right. with lipstick or put poison on their lipstick. So, or, yeah. No, his problems is not limited to impotence and uh, colon cancer. <laughs> his? Yeah. It's true. Now, and now, and could, could we just go on here? The colonel a little bit of a superstitious person. Uh, and uh, as of yet... Erotic is the term that I... I have not had pot. problems with uh, impotence or... Colon cancer, but if we keep bringing it up, you you're going to bring the colonel some bad juju. Well, I'm just saying, if you got bloody spool <laughs> and you can't get a heart on, that's usually the problem. <laughs> Go ahead, Brandy. And that's all it could be is colon cancer. <clears throat> yeah. All right. So that uh, doesn't make you any less of a man. <laughs> it, it does. <laughs> well, yeah, it does. I'm just trying to make him I mean, feel good. Just, I'm just saying it does. It actually, makes him a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Uh. All right, so she she'd fought with her intruder and yanked out a bunch of his hair, but there wasn't any anything taken from her apartment. Um, police first suspected Ross, who was single, may have been the victim of an angry lover. Lover, lover. So they investigated the Fucking men love. in her life. Oh, mm. she how's she banging a lot of guys? Well, oh, she's a victim. We can't make fun of her. No, you Ross's. Her fiancé had an alibi, as did her former boyfriends and ex-husbands. Oh, man. I mean, how, how far back did they go? Man, and her ex-husbands? Yeah. That's went, scandalous at the time. She Multiple, was, it looks like. Many, like she was probably active. She was probably, than one. probably very active on Tinder. Cheaper. She probably was. She was. Um, and the police really didn't have any other suspects, so they looked for a dark-complexioned man who was reported loitering in the apartment or running from the scene, but they were unable to identify him or locate him. Okay. Five months later, on December 11th, 1945... That's be right around the holiday season. It would be, and this is a damper. Frances Brown was discovered stabbed to death in her apartment after a cleaning woman heard a radio playing loud and noted that Brown's door was partially open. She was killed by a gunshot wound to the head, stabbed post-mortem in her body, in her interacted with in a way similar to that of Ross. Okay, so she was stabbed multiple times, but she was stabbed after she was dead. She, yes. She, she was shot. She was shot. Okay. This time, the killer wrote a message on the mirror above the apartment's... on a mirror above the the bed, her okay. bed. Okay. And Those the little lipstick, lipstick vanity things. You no, know. you know how sometimes you got the mirror behind the bed? Oh, yeah. Oh, the she had all, got the mirrors There was a reason ceiling. she had all those ex-husbands and boys. No, yeah, no, 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 no. This is the second victim. This is victim number two. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, it said, for heaven's sake, in lipstick, it says, for heaven's sake, catch me before I kill more. I cannot control myself. A, that's a big-ass mirror. Well, two, what, what color was the lipstick? Doesn't I'm say. guessing red, but I don't know. Probably vamp red, yeah. yeah. Well, so I think back in those days, they only had one color. Oh, really? Only red. Red. 
this was olden days. So, so you like the mirror on the ceiling is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. The colonel got a mirror on the ceiling. All right. All right. No, you don't. Got a swing? Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this led to him being nicknamed the Lipstick Killer. In they the were media. pretty clever. So clever. Yeah. But he didn't actually kill any lipstick, nor did he kill anybody well, with lipstick. Well, he killed that t- thing of lipstick, because, I mean, I bet it was out by the time he I finished bet, yeah, I guess you writing were. more in peace on this you know, <laughs> man here. The, the key, uh, I don't think I've got it in there, Brandy, but one of the, the, the factors that make, makes me question this a little bit is it was, the spelling was awful. The spelling was awful. And we've already said that Mr. Aarons was a... Highly intelligent, an educated man. man. Yeah, educated. He was an educated man. You know what, though? Here's the thing: when you're all pumped up and yeah, when you kill a couple, you might yeah, mean, after you've killed some people, you, you might, may misspell some words. You may have a typo too. You're right. I'm just saying that that's just curious to me. That curiouser and curiouser. Yeah. Although he could have misspelled on purpose, maybe. Uh, let's see. Police found a bloody fingerprint smudge on the door jam of the entrance door. Also, there was a possible eyewitness to the killer's escape, and an ear witness. An ear witness. An ear witness. <laughs> George Weinberg heard gunshots about four a.m. Weinberg. Yes. So he was awake. He was. According to John Derrick, the night clerk stationed in the lobby of the building, a nervous man of thirty-five to forty years old, weighing approximately one hundred and forty pounds, had gotten off the elevator, fumbled for the door for the door and went onto the street and left. See, nowadays you'd have the video security. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they had <clears throat> night watchmen. On January 7th, 1946, see, six-year-old Suzanne Dignan... Yeah, this is a little bit different one, but go, but go ahead. ...was okay. discovered missing from her bedroom. This is a little girl. That is a true statement because she is six and her name is Suzanne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but my point is the other one were grown women and this is a little girl, so this is a little bit different. Uh, yes. in my, um, yeah. So they searched yeah. the home and didn't find the girl. Uh, her seeming her seeming kidnapping earned significant publicity, and the police vowed to find whoever was responsible. They found a ladder outside the girl's window and also discovered a ransom note which had been overlooked. The note read, get $20,000 ready and wait for word. Do not notify FBI or police. Bills in fives and tens. On the a reverse, lot of fives and tens. On the reverse of the note was written, burn this for her safety. And they're right. He, she, he can't spell. That's ridiculous. So a man reportedly called the Dignan residence demanding the ransom, but hung up before any meaningful conversation took place. Police questioned the family's neighbors, but nobody had seen anything unusual. Someone telephoned the police anonymously and suggested that the police look in the sewers near the family home. They did. Oh, that's no good. They did and discovered the girl's head in a catch basin that was in the alley. In the same alley, they discovered the girl's right leg in another catch basin, her torso in a storm drain, and her left leg was found in well, another alley. This is a six-year-old. Her arms were found in a sewer a month later. That is unusual for this guy. He just is yeah, it, it doesn't stabber. Ma- no, yeah, it doesn't match at all the other victims to me. It seems like it's a totally different. Yeah, so I don't know what would connect them together. Yeah, I mean, um, searches uncovered a laundry tub in a nearby apartment bi- apartment building basement across from where her head was found that seemed to have been where she was dismembered. The press called it the murder room. Murder. 
Murder. Murder. Uh, police questioned hundreds of people and gave polygraph exams to about 170. On several occasions, authorities claimed to have captured her killer, but were embarrassed when the cases proved baseless and the suspects were released. Yeah. So now you, there's a serial killer on the loose. They don't really have any good suspects. They're just... Well, this one, this little Suzanne girl, she's... It's a whole I, I different, bet it was a whole different thing. Yeah, it sounds like it. First, well, story, first she was a, girl, a, a, a child. A young girl, yeah. And then she was kidnapped and then mutilated. Dismembered. Dismembered. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's a whole yeah, a, a whole other different type of case. But, but anyway, Charles, tell us about the investigation. And the problem you have with the investigation is what you two were just um, surprisingly halfway intelligently talking about. Yeah, we do what we can. <clears throat> yeah, even, even a blind even squirrel, blind finds, squirrel a finds a nut now yeah. and again. But... They're trying to establish an M.O. here. And the only thing they really had, they got that all the victims were female. Okay? We all got right. that. We got that. The first two were in their 30s and 40s. Now, we're thinking like policemen here. Yeah. Okay, we're thinking right. like 1945 policemen. Right. Let me put my Sherlock Holmes hat on. Well, you you're, no, not Sherlock Holmes. It's a 1945 policeman, so it's, hey, Mac. Yeah, can't get the cover. Okay. So anyway, let me put my dragnet hat on. <laughs> yeah, that was nineteen. That's the best thing ever. You have a dragnet hat. <laughs> Adam twelve. One Adam twelve. <laughs> One Adam twelve. See the lady. Continue, Carl. Okay. Now the first two were in their thirties or forties, um, and were both killed in their apartments right. after the assailant broke in. Now the third victim, you know, Susan Degan, Degnan. I'm sorry. She was abducted from her home, taken to a separate location, and killed. Now, in the first two cases, the killer also ransacked the apartments, but never stole anything valuable. Now, all three victims were killed in different ways, but all were mutilated somehow post-mortem, and that means after death. Thank you. Um, Post meaning after, yeah, morning meaning death. Meaning from, from, the, from the Spanish. Yeah. Um, from the Spanish. Post-mortemus. Um, Postus yeah. Vida. No, Postus yeah. Mortimus was a Harry Potter spell. <laughs> that was, I, I believe that was a hostess tr- treat of some sort. Postus Mortimus. Um, but I anyway. really like those orange snow snowballs that hostess makes. Oh. I like the orange cupcakes. I love the orange cupcakes. I love the orange cupcakes. Those what, are what ridiculous. You gotta, what you got against those? They're stupid. They're stupid. They're not chocolate. They're dumb. You don't hate eat chocolate. And they're not real orange. Well, I don't know that the chocolate ones are real chocolate. Oh, yeah, they are. Okay. It has the same little scribble on it, though. Yeah? Yeah, and they're orange. They're good. I like them. I'm with you, Chuck. They're good. I might go get one after this uh, podcast. Yeah. My whole box. Okay, so anyway. Oh, you know what they make now? Red velvet ones. Yeah, I just can't get in a red velvet one. I like me some red velvet. Well, anyway. They make blue velvet, like, you know. Black velvet, if you please. Or black velvet or blue velvet like Bobby Vinton. I get that. But go ahead, anyway, Carl. Okay. In the cases, now, in the case of Josephine Ross and Francis Brown. You don't like snowballs, though. My God. Mm. Even the white snowball, I would take, but the orange snowball. Don't they have coconut on them? Um, they got faux coconut. Yeah, I don't like coconut. Tastes yeah, like I don't like coconut, oil. but I can eat the snowballs because they got the faux. What's coconut. your feeling on uh, pumpkin spice? Uh, pumpkin spice is a uh, why unnatural thing. It's just not. Well, it's pumpkin not natural. and a spice. It's good in a pie, but it's terrible in a coffee. 
Talk about, about, about a donut. Nope, not in a donut. All right. Continue. Not going to have it. Continue with the... If it's going to be a donut, it's going to be a Boston cream donut. That's all All we're going to have. Maybe a jelly fill. Okay. Do you like the uh, Do you like the custard filling? Or I like, no, I do not like that cheap-ass white cream filling that they try to <laughs> the pass on. cream? Huh? The opera cream? Whatever the hell that shit is. That's the nastiest stuff I ever... I ain't <laughs> it looks like found sperm, man. If you get it on your face... It, <laughs> it looks like, like somebody popping a big well, what, zit. How are you eating a fucking donut if you if you get it on your face? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, if you what get that white cream doing? on your face, it looks like someone spunk on you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> What is wrong with you? This sand. How do you eat a donut? Like just, you just like unhinge your jaw and shove it down your gut. It's, like it's hard to eat like a damn python. It's just right. like <laughs> it's hard to eat a donut delicately. No, it's not. It's not. I manage to do it all the time. I manage to do it without making it look like John Holmes smooched on the face. What the? And all the time. We cannot. Can we get to one podcast without your vulgarity and disgusting I mean, spooky? Clearly, clearly that I have For I have had sake, my share of donuts. My sensibilities are just all a right, all Let's a go back to the investigation shit. because we do not want to distract our listeners from this uh, from this trite. But I think my, some of our conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please continue, Colonel. You know. Remember when we said this was going to be a short podcast? Remember, you see, the thing is about those I do, but it seemed like so long ago. About those, we white got through our part pretty quickly, if I recall. About those white donuts, white full cream donuts. To me. Well, then you could get a little Leclerc, and then it really looks like you're going down. You know what I mean? What the fuck? And dude? then. Get some in her hair, and she's just all mad about it. You know, I probably should. Yeah, I'm not gonna. You squeezed the eclair too much. The there there was a situation where I was with a friend who I, who I hope is not listening to this podcast at a certain wow. time, mm-hmm. and um, she just had went to the hairdresser. <laughs> the and colonel know right where this one was headed to me, <laughs> and she must have said a dozen times. <laughs> Not in the hair. <laughs> you what? didn't listen. But did you, you know, it, and, and this is what ladies, uh, this is what you don't understand. Get yourself a good shower cap. Well, if you're not worried and, about and, it, and, get yourself a good shower and, cap. It's not that easy to control. Where you know, I mean, it's, it's like a fire hose. I'm not a fucking archer. <laughs> an archer. An archer. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? You, you, you take what you get. It's like, like I said, it's a fire hose. It's just wiggle out of control. Right. You don't know. It's not really? a fault. It's not a fault. Um, don't blame us. This is where you went from donuts, Timmy. I'm sorry. From Let's donuts, get back to the investigation. Of well, because the... Timmy's wearing his donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to the investigation of the lipstick murderer. Okay, well... In the cases of Josephine Ross and Francis Brown, killer taped over the gashes in their bodies. Brandy's got something she wants to say. And I don't know if by what gash they're referring to. Wait, you think Timmy goes in and eats out like this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying it's hard, say. to, it's hard to eat a cream-filled donut without, really not. without the cream coming out. It's, it's not that hard to do. 
please. I would love for our listeners to post a picture of themselves eating, delicately eating a cream-filled donut without without the cream being exposed. That's what I'm saying. That's what I want to see. That's the, that's our challenge. He's gonna put they're not, you. They're not putting their head in up to their shoulders on a fucking cream-filled donut. Jesus God! Because there's going to be some freak out there. Well, I, I mean, he uses that look. picture for his spank bank. If it's a Twinkie, what? It's a Twinkie. You got a little bit more control. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, you have more control for a Twinkie. Twinkie to mouth, never mouth to Twinkie. I'm just saying. But yeah, but you getting in some of those funky cream filled donuts? You don't even the round. You don't know where this shit's gonna come out to the side. You don't know where that cream well, is I feel going. Your pain, sweetie. I, mean, I, I live with that. You know, okay. I gotcha. All right. Well, I'm just saying. Jelly filled are the worst, really. Yeah, I don't. I don't do. I don't do jelly filled. Jelly filled. It's messy. We get into a whole different. Oh, you're doing laundry after you have a jelly filled donut. All right, continue, Colonel, with the investigation. You at least have to shower. <laughs> I do not believe I can. <laughs> yes, you can. Compose yourself. Right, I'm trying to compose Compose yourself, sir. <laughs> Excuse me. Somebody slap me, please. Really? Okay, so anyway, in the case of Josephine Ross and Francis Brown, they killed taped over the gashes in their bodies. Aww. He taped over them. I guess, yeah, I guess he was... That was the first Brazilian wax. I don't know. Oh, like a Band-Aid? Something? I oh okay the gash where he stabbed him never mind I was Probably thinking something else so he, so he stabbed him and he put tape on him adhesive tape and uh, why they got donut on themselves and he wrapped the article of clothing around the heads now this is just the two Francis Brown and Josephine Ross remember we only got three dead here right this is not a prolific serial killer um, another recurring thing in the apartments uh, and the murders was tubs of some sort which is. Like butter? I do not really get because if you're going to be in any kind of dwelling, you're going to find. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The tub. 
Like a butter? No, like a plastic uh, washtub, bathtub, whatever. Uh, Josephine Ross, now her body was washed in the bathtub in her apartment. After uh, post-mortem? Post-dismortemus. Francis Brown's body was washed the same way and was found draped over the edge of a bathtub. And Suzanne um, Degnan now. Summers. She was dismembered and thrown into the ultimate bathtub, the storm sewers. Yeah, let's um, see, again, that doesn't fit the other two. Now, according to some, um, and according to Signature Chase, <coughs> he had, uh, had a habit of urinating and defecating in the apartments. Now, when you gotta go, you gotta go. Now, see, this is where you cross the line. Now, you, you're gonna be a serial killer. That's fine. Okay. Right. It's one thing you come home, you find your auntie or whoever, you know, all chopped up in the bedroom. I mean, not gonna happen from time to time. But you come home and find I mean, a I big think, load of human dew in your living room, dude. I had that's a, crossing the I line. I had a roommate at Ohio University when I in, in a dorm. He wouldn't because you know the bathrooms are in the hallway. Mm-hmm. He would go. He would pee in the corner of our dorm room. And by, oh, by the end of the by the end of the semester, that it would. Sit Why up. did you let that happen? I don't know. I mean, he was always drunk, and he didn't want to. And he he would you know he didn't want to go down the hallway, I guess. And he would just pee in the corner, and it was so gross. By the end of uh, I I only uh, was roommates. We had, there were four of us. And I only was roommates with him one one semester. But, oh, so gross. Oh, I believe you. I would have done a bag of batteries on his ass. Uh, That's disgusting. For realsies. So anyway, this guy, now this is the sign of a sick, foul mind. Um, You're just taking a dump in the apartment after you kill somebody. Well, you know, it's very disrespectful. Well, I mean, you Did already got to clean up all the blood. No, he's not doing it in the bathroom. He's doing it on the sofa and oh, on the on the TV. Yeah, on that's the, disrespectful. Yeah, I mean, you come in and you got to clean up the body parts already. And well, now, see, now that would be a wealth of uh, DNA. Now, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, back then it was just a pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> And then now it's evidence. You know? <laughs> well, I think it was some sort of evidence, but I don't know exactly what, what made it. Well, because then, you know, you get the stool chart out. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, <laughs> would it, you it, like it, me to go over that again? It appears the killer had corn within the last two days. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> I can get the stool chart out again if you like. I don't know what kind of stool he left. Um, All right, all right. um, If we had time, I would certainly go. We might do just a podcast on stool at some point. Oh. Well, we're going to. You know what we're going to? We're going to. The colonel going to have to. Well, we'll get back into that after this. Um, Well, we're not doing nothing. We're not doing nothing on your bloody stool. Because that's gross. It's gross. We'll just do that after your. After your the colonel does not have bloody stool. Why do you keep saying that? Maybe he needs a colonic. Maybe. Maybe he needs a coffee enema. Cream and sugar with that, Colonel? I want a pumpkin spice latte enema. (laughs) Please continue. So, anyway. So, when you toot, it smells like fall? (laughs) Pumpkin spice? It's like a... It's the Bristol stool. Dupuree. Dupuree. Dupree. Hold on, we're getting into the good part, so okay. I'll let you get to the stool here. I'm not going to bring up the stool. Aaron's had a habit of doing the same in apartments, so this guy, Aaron's. So that was a he, uh, thread. That was, yeah, it's like, you ever see Home Alone? You know how they yeah. leave the water running all the yeah. time? 
Well, he had a habit of taking a dump in an apartment after he'd break into it. He also liked to steal women's underwear. Well, who um, doesn't? And the other thing, you know, that just didn't fit, as we've said, is this little Suzanne. She was dismembered, and her parts were put down the drain and such. Yeah, and she was kidnapped. I mean, none of that makes sense. <coughs> none of that was consistent. doesn't make a damn bit of sense. Now, no, it's not consistent at all. Now, the police interviewed over 370 suspects, and they narrowed their range uh, down to a few. The first one was a guy named Hector Verberg. The few of the proud. And he was sixty-five. He was a 65-year-old janitor. Now, he was arrested on suspicion of murder on the basis that... Now, now, this is a good... Now, this is some, this is some nice-ass police work right here. Uh-huh. Right here, you don't get any better. He was arrested on suspicion of murder on the basis that he worked in the apartment building where, where the little girl lived. The sink in which the victim was dismembered was in an area he frequented. And the grimy state of the ransom note suggested it was written by a dirty hand. Um, and who frequently have dirty hands? Janitors. People who don't wash their hands? Janitors. Not, not the king's hand. So confident. I found a new poo chart. Listen to the different types. There are many poos. Rabbit droppings. Number two, bunch of grapes. Number three, corner on a cob. <laughs> Number four, right. sausage. Number five, chicken nuggets. Number six, porridge. And number seven, gravy. Gravy. <laughs> I don't like any of that. All right, so, so the police were so confident that they were, they found it, that they just told the press, this is the man. Mm-hmm. Despite so many discrepancies between his profile and the one that developed by, developed by them, and um, they knew what skills this killer had to have, and Verberg had none of them, including the, him having surgical knowledge or at least being a butcher. Now, this 65-year-old man was repeatedly beaten under <laughs> police question. Yeah, they beat the shit out of this guy. For 48 hours. So bad they separated his shoulder, but he still refused to confess. You know what I mean? did not improve. Take the beating, Hector. No. Take the beating. And, uh, <laughs> he sued them. It, so... Yeah, the janitor union, he, the janitors had unions back then. They got him uh, released, um, and he said, this is the experience. Oh, they hanged me up. They blindfolded me. I can't put my arms, can't put up my arms. They're sore. They had handcuffs on me for hours and hours. They threw me into a cell and blindfolded me. They handcuffed my hands behind my back and pulled me up on bars until my toes touched the floor. I got nothing to eat. I went to the hospital. Damn, I'm so sick anymore, and I would have confessed to anything. That guy in Gitmo, man. Well, and, you know, that's why they say just what he said. Anymore, and I would have confessed to anything. That's why they say torture doesn't work. Although, if you know the person did it, torture works just fine. Well, this guy, though, they beat the shit out of him over, over days. Yeah, two days they beat him. Um, now he ended up getting he ended up suing him. He was spent ten days in the hospital after this. So and he even he and the thing about him, he couldn't write English well enough to even write a ransom note. Yeah, even the poorly written ransom yeah. note. Yeah. So he sued the Chicago Police Department for fifteen thousand dollars but was awarded twenty, which is a big chunk of change back then. Sure. Um it's about oh, it's about Fifty-two thousand or so now. Now five thousand of that was awarded to Verberg, 
and uh, his wife, and the police tried to pressure the wife to implicate the husband in the murder. Yeah, they put pressure on her. So, I mean, th- at this point, they've got this serial killer on the loose. They're getting a lot of bad publicity. They're, they're looking to hang us on someone. Yeah, know. just beat the hell out of the old man. Right, the janitor. Now, they had another, Sidney Sherman. Mm-hmm. Now, that sounds like a serial killer to me, Sidney Sherman. Three names. It's either a serial killer or somebody who's a great military leader, one of the two. Or a little dog. Or a little dog, Sidney Sherman. Sidney or Sherman, Mm -hmm. two dogs. Um, But he was a false lead, and he was a recently discharged Marine who had served in World War II. Now, police had found some hairs in the back of the little girl's apartment building, and nearby was a wire that authorities suspected could have been used to garret Mm. little Suzanne. Mm. Um, and near that was a handkerchief the police believed that had been used as a gag to keep Suzanne quiet. Now, on the handkerchief, there was a laundry mark named S. Sherman. The police hoped that perhaps the killer had P. made Sherman. a fatal error. He lives at 42. Fatal error. 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney, Australia. Could be Peabody and Sherman. You guys don't even get that joke, but it's spectacular for anybody that has kids. Uh, okay, continue, uh, Colonel. Thank you. P. Sherman. P. Sherman? 42 Wallaby Way. Was that Sherman the dog with Mr. Peabody? He was, but it was also where, in Finding Nemo, that was the address that they were. Oh, that's you. Okay. I watched Finding Nemo on a plane, so I, but I wasn't listening to it. I was just watching it. Well, then you missed out on a lot. Yeah. As long as he was found. <coughs> okay. Now the police hoped that this like you care. Uh, yeah, I didn't care. Police hoped that this handkerchief was going to be the smoking gun, so to speak. The smoking handkerchief. Yeah, smoking handkerchief. Um, and they searched military records and discovered that a sin. So they're looking for a S. Sherman. So they searched the military records and found that Sydney lived in nearby Hyde Park YMCA. Y M. So he was he was clearly one of the village Y-M-C-A. people. Um, so the police went to went to question. You Sherman. can get yourself clean. You can have a good meal. Well, you can do anything you feel. You know, it's Mm -hmm. fun to stay there. Yeah. Continue, Colonel. Okay, so the police went to question Sherman, uh, but discovered that he had vacated the residence without checking out and quit his job without picking up his last paycheck. That's odd. Suggesting the actions of a guilty person, since someone who was innocent would be unlikely to leave without their last paycheck. Yeah. So a nationwide manhunt ensued, and Sherman was found four days later in Toledo, Ohio. He explained on the interrogation that he had eloped with his girlfriend and denied the handkerchief was even his. He was given a polygraph test and passed and cleared. Um, I'm eventually, not, I'm not sure of the accuracy of those polygraph tests even today, but I sure I'm not sure of them. Oh, you can beat them back in 1945. You put a penny between your big toe, your toe, and your two toes, and oh, it I screws that. everything up. I do that anyway. Yeah, just for luck, just for fun, just for fun. Yeah. Um, eventually, the real owner of the handkerchief wasn't even his handkerchief. They found it, and it belonged to Seymour Sherman. Mm-hmm. Um, of New York City, who'd been out of the country when the little girl was murdered. So, did they give it back to him? Um, no, but they had no idea how it ended up there. Oh, that's now you got another victim or another another guy here, mm-hmm. um, Vincent Castellato. Okay. Okay. Now, if it would have been a hit, you could have suspected this guy, but he don't sound like you so. Think anyway, he's part of the mafia. Yeah, sound like the mob, dude. Yeah. <clears throat> So on the day of Susan's disappearance, 
several calls to the Degnum residents demanding ransom payment but without leaving further instructions or further conversations were made. The mystery who placed those calls... for a ransom if you don't give them any instructions. Well, they, the mystery of who placed those calls was answered. Okay. Who was While it? checking out local hooligans to see if they had any connection to Degnan case. Fucking local hooligans. Local hooligans. They picked up Nerdy a boy Wells. named Teddy yeah. Campbell. Nerdy Wells. Teddy Campbell. Theodore Campbell, but his He's friends called him Teddy. <clears throat> now, under questioning, he admitted that another local teenager named Vincent Castellato had killed Susan Degnan. All right, now we're on to something. Now, the Chicago Tribune declared the Degnan case solved. Mm -hmm. Costello lived only a few blocks away from the girl and attended a nearby high school. He'd been convicted of armed robbery at 16 and sent to reform school. So he was a bad egg. He was a bad boy. According to the story, Campbell told the police that Costello told him that he had kidnapped and killed the girl and disposed of a body. Costello allegedly (coughs) sent Campbell to make the ransom call to the Dragnans. This corroborated the mystery, the ransom calls, um, on the morning of Suzanne's, that she went missing. So police arrest this little Italian boy and on the basis, and on that basis, and interrogated him overnight. The story started to fall apart when both Campbell and Costello's polygraph test indicated that they had no knowledge of the murder. They later admitted that they heard about the herb police officers discussing details of the case and came up with the idea of trying to get a ransom. Well, that's fucking stupid, man. If, mm-hmm. if if someone's kidnapped, don't 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 go in and try to cut in and pick up the ransom. I mean, how dumb is that? Well, it's, you're gonna get you're gonna get nailed for it's opportunistic. Yeah, but you're gonna get nailed for murder. These were young entrepreneurs, Timmy. Dumbasses. But anyway, so they they were ruled out. They were ruled out. Okay. Um, now we're getting to our boy here, William. Mm-hmm. And William, on June 26, nineteen forty six, he was arrested on attempted burglary charges when someone saw him breaking into an apartment. He took off running. The, the building's janitor chased after him blocked his path out of the building. Now, Herons pointed the gun he was carrying at the janitor and said, let me get out of here or I'll let... Let me get out of here or I'll let you have it in the guts. You know but, how they talk back Yeah, I'll give yeah. it to you right now, in the guts. Was, you know, if he was Jeremy uh, uh, Pomeroy, the hair lip, how would he say it? He'd say, get me out of here or I'll give it to you right in the guts. Yeah. But really? he, he, but he said wasn't. it more clearly. Yeah. So the janitor was like, uh... Okay, pursued over. So we let him go. <laughs> step right, step right. <laughs> Can I get the door for you? Yeah, exactly. So he's like, yeah, I'm done running anyway. Now, Herons made his way to a nearby building to lay low. Mm-hmm. But a resident spotted him, called the police. Two police officers came and from two different directions. When trapped, Herons brandished a revolver, perhaps pointing the barrel at one officer. Ooh. That's now, some reports state that he actually pulled the trigger and the gun misfired. <clears throat> and the Don't poli- think he'd do well do, in that scenario today. He would not. He would not. In police accounts, um, the, according to the police, Herons charged him after his gun misfired twice. Now, in his, and now in Will, Little Willie, Slick Willie's version here, he turned and attempted to run after bluffing with the gun, and the cops charged him. A scuffle... And I put air quotes around that because they probably beat the holy hell out of the boy. Mm-hmm. 
resulted in that resulted ended only when an off-duty policeman dropped a flower pot, just like Wiley e. Coyote or Bugs Bunny or something. They drop a damn flower pot on his head, rendering him unconscious. And I and that I will do it. It would do it. You ever had a flower pot dropped on you? No, I'm oh, sure you have. It, it is not fun. I'm, I, I'll tell you that. Uh, you know, all you re- all you recall is a pleasant smell, and everything goes black. Really? Mm, well, depending on the flowers, it's yeah. in the pot. All right. But um, now, according to Willie here, and Willie Aaron's, I, I like to call him Willie. Yeah, that's fine. Because that sounds like yeah. like what people would call him. Yeah. Um, he remembered drifting into, unco- into consciousness under questioning. Mm-hmm. Police had taken him to Bridewell Hospital, which was right next to the Cook County Jail. Police threatened him, punched him, jabbed him in the body, and he felt his uh, he felt that he got fingerprinted. Now, without a prior record, he was familiar with the with the feel with a prior record. I'm sorry, he knew what fingerprinting was. Now, the questioning became more and more intense. And you got to remember, this boy's got a pretty serious concussion from the uh, flower pot. Right. And they want keep in mind, they're trying to find this, you know, there are, there's a lot of pressure on them to, to solve this murder mystery. And they've got this guy who just they just got in a scuffle with who was breaking in, entering all of these places. So, and now well, they, they knocked <clears throat> him out with a flower pot. So, continue. Well... And now, so they tell him, you know, we know you did it. At one point, someone, and again, this is where we're crossing the line. Mm-hmm. You know, now, I, he had it coming because he did defecate in somebody's apartment. Right, right. But at one point, an officer punched him in the testicles Ooh. so hard. Ooh, that's no good. It caused him to vomit. See what I mean, Brandy? You do not do that. You don't even, you don't, you mm. shouldn't even... There's nothing. There's nothing cricket about that, Timmy. No. Nothing at all. They also. Well, it's unchristian like. Oh well. What would Jesus do? Certainly not punch somebody in the testicles. No, ne- never. Never. No, Jesus would not do that. So anyway, they also burned him with um, ether. Uh, so anyway. He had some pretty tough methods. Um, he, was around, he was interrogated around the clock for six days, being beaten and abused by the police and not allowed to eat or drink. He was not allowed to see his parents for four days. He was also refused the opportunity to speak to a lawyer for six days. Two psychiatrists, Dr. Haynes and Roy Grinka, gave Aaron sodium pentothal without a warrant and without Aaron's or his parents' consent and uh, interrogated him for three hours. Now, under the influence of drugs, Aaron, Willie, he spoke of an alternate personality named George Merman, who actually committed the murders. Willie claimed that he recalled little of the drug-induced interrogation. Now, on his fifth day of custody, he was given a uh, lumbar puncture without anesthesia. Oh. Yeah, and that was, I think, I believe just for fun. Um, moments later, he was driven to police headquarters for a polygraph test. There you go. <laughs> they tried for a few minutes to administer the test, but he was in such obvious pain that the test was rescheduled for several several days later. He took it the polygraph test, um, and it was inconclusive. So they sent him to the Cook County Jail. <clears throat> After the sodium pentothal, and that's what they call true serum questioning before the polygraph thing, 
Willie spoke to Captain Michael Ahern, one of the few Chicago officers who had shown him any kindness. Now, you had the state's attorney, William Toohey, and a stenographer at hand, and Ahrens offered an indirect confession, confirming his claim that while under sodium pentothal, that of his alter ego, George Merman, might have been responsible for these crimes. Yeah. I'm not buying that alter ego thing. No, George, which happened to be his father's first name and Heron's middle name, had given him the loot to hide in his dormitory room. Police hunted all over for this. George, questioning Heron's known friends and families and associates, became way empty-handed. Details of the interrogation did get out at the time, valid or not. So, you know, there were all kinds of stories circulating. Well, again, they, um, were, they were under a lot of pressure to solve these these yeah. murders. So he's saying there, there's a guy named George running about here. First it was an alter ego, then it was another guy, um, a completely different guy. And um, he said that George, he'd known him for 13 years, and George killed like a cobra. He just sent him out. George, it was George who sent him out prowling at night, Then he robbed for pressure. Pre- pleasure and killed like a cobra when cornered. Hmm. So now Aaron's allegedly claimed that he was always taking the rap for George. First for petty theft, then assault, now for murder. A psychologist explained to um, at the time that Aaron's had made this dual personality up, like how normal children make up like how Timmy makes up imaginary friends. Right. Um, so his diabolical deeds separate them and uh, you know, makes them feel more normal. Now, authorities was pretty skeptical skeptical of this whole thing, and they suspected he was just laying the groundwork for an insanity defense. But the confession on widespread publicity with the press transforming Merman into Murder Man. Now, handwriting analysts did not definitely link his handwriting to the lipstick message. What it's kind of like of. Primal Fear. Remember the movie Primal Fear? Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. Um, oh, well. And now police claimed that his fingerprints were found matched a print discovered at the scene of Francis Brown's murder. At first, it was reported a bloody, as a bloody smudge on the door jam. Further, bloody stool. A fingerprint of the small left finger allegedly connected Aaron's to the ransom note with nine points of comparison. But the FBI handbook says you need 12 points to even become close to a match. So that is pretty spotty, too. Yeah, all Um, of the evidence against him was really spotty. Yeah. I mean, they had no real physical evidence. Um, The fingerprint was questionable. The confession, obviously, was was induced through beating and drug uh, drugs. Uh, no eyewitnesses. I mean, all of it is just really very loose. Well, now, the police searched, and they didn't have a warrant, his residence in College Dorm and found other items that were pretty interesting. Um, he, there was, he had a scrapbook that contained pictures of Nazi officials that belonged to a war veteran, Harry Gold, that was taken when Herons burglared his place the night that Susan Dagan was killed. So it kind of puts him in a different place. 
Well, their argument but was lived in the their, vicinity. their argument is well, he was breaking into homes in that area. But yeah. you're right. The, the other argument is he's busy somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, breaking and entering. But there were no biological materials the victims were found on Heron himself or any of his clothes, and basically DNA is what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, a gun was found in his possession, uh, and uh, it was a Colt police uh, revolver. That had been stolen in a burglary of Guy Roderick on the, earlier. And two nights later, a bullet crashed through the closed 8th apartment floor window of Marion Caldwell wounding her. Harrians had that gun in his possession and according to the Chicago Police Department the bullet that injured Caldwell was linked through ballistics to the same gun. So what they're saying is this crazy bitch just fired a gun up into the 8th floor window for no reason. Jeez. So um it matched the blue. So they got him on that. They got him on a lot of circumstantial, but not anything weird. And Heron's lawyer's thinking, you know what? They're going to cook his ass. Mm-hmm. So he told him, take a plea bargain. The deal, which is a topic of a closed door meeting, um, stated that Aaron's would serve one life sentence if he confessed to the murders of Josephine Ross, Francis Brown, Suzanne Degnan. Aaron's accepted the plea deal and pled guilty to. To the murders. Now he recanted this confession, saying he was com- coerced by his defense attorneys, and many of the victims' families don't believe that Aaron's committed the murders. Right. Many examples of the collected evidence held against Aaron's as evidence of his responsibility have come into question as to their accuracy and veracity and validity. Timmy. So that he's he's the one that got convicted. But now you got another guy here, Russell Richard Russell. And uh, the Dick Russell, Dick, Dick yeah. Russell, Dick Russell. Uh-huh. Um, so Dick Russell, Dick Russell. So after the Degnan murder, but before Aaron's became a suspect, the Chicago police and for interrogated this forty-two-year-old Dick Russell, and uh, he was a drifter passing through to Chicago. Is he a Gandhi uh, dancer? He was not a Gandhi dancer. He only had one leg. Okay. Um, that would have been hard to do the can-can. Yeah, so he... Uh, well, you can, but you fall on your ass. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know. He could have had two legs. I don't know. <laughs> okay, continue. Um, he, uh, I assume he had two legs. Yeah. Or he would have stu- he he stood out. <laughs> <laughs> so to speak. So to speak. He'd have a hard time running away. Yeah. For sure. But anyway, he was passing through. Um, and... But at the time, he was in the Maricopa County Jail and a drifter passing through the city of Chicago at the time of Degnan's murder. And, and, uh, and now they brought in some police handwriting experts, Charles B. Arnold. He was the head, head of the oh, forgery details. Yeah, sure. Charles Chuck. B. Arnold. Chuck. And uh, he was the head of the forgery detail of the Phoenix Police in Thomas's hand, hometown of Phoenix, Arizona. Now, noted similarities. They really have a forgery detail? They did. Wow. Oh, hell yeah. Back then, forgery was a big thing. All right. Because they didn't have all the computers. Everything was on paper. All right. So, Arizona noted the similarities of the handwriting between the Degnan ransom note and Richard Russell Thomas's handwriting. Okay. When Thomas wrote with his left hand and suggested the Chicago police investigate him. Upon being questioned, Thomas confessed to the crime, 
but was released from custody after Aarons became the prime suspect. Others contend that Thomas was a strong suspect because he previously had been convicted of an attempted extortion with a ransom note that threatened the kidnapping of a little girl. Um, As previously noted, the handwriting experts said that he could have probably very, very likely wrote the ransom note Mm -hmm. for the um, he was in Chicago at the time. Um, at the time he confessed to the Degnan crime, he was awaiting sentences, sentencing for molesting his daughter. <clears throat> he had a history of violence, including spousal and clearly daughter abuse. Um, he was a nurse who was known to masquerade as a surgeon, which, Timmy, you do that occasionally. Yeah, I know you um, go down to the hospital and... Yeah perform mammograms and do sometimes, stuff like that. Sometimes. Yeah. I'm, I've been known to be an amateur gynecologist. <laughs> exactly. I don't uh, don't want to lose my amateur status by going pro. No, but you do it as a volunteer. I mean... Well, I do what I can. We've, we've both done the mammograms for free to, yeah. as a good to, yeah. to help society, really. I mean, because yeah. that's the kind of people we are. Givers. We are. Yeah. And, when's, and, and devil... What? When's the last time you uh, gave somebody a prostate exam? Yeah. When was the last time? I don't know that you need to worry about it. All right. Yeah, so you're not out doing any good for the community like me and Timmy are. Well, I think she's pretty much admitting that she's done prostate exams, but she's probably done them for evil reasons. <laughs> evil reasons, yeah. <laughs> Only, Sex, only sexual reasons. Yeah, sexual reasons. Deviant. She is, I believe she is a deviant. Tim. She was just prostate massage. What is <laughs> wrong with you guys? It, what is wrong with us? Aromatherapy. <laughs> what is wrong with you guys? <laughs> just lay here and relax. She puts on some, uh, who's that guy, Kenny G? Yeah. Some, some nice Inya. Mu- Inya. Yeah. yeah, puts on some nice music. And then all of a sudden, she elbow deep in somebody's prostate. Bang, 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 bang. That's what your doctor does. <laughs> Smell that aroma. <laughs> all right, Colonel. Please get this, wrap this thing up. So anyway, uh, I, we just learned something new about the devil that uh, <laughs> Well, that's true. We'll, 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 re- we'll return to that. I don't think he did, but that's all right. Well, anyway, here's another point. He was a nurse known to masquerade as a surgeon. He boasted to his friends that he was a doctor and he was known no, to steal surgical supplies. Now, if he was a surgeon masquerading as a nurse, that wouldn't have been as bad. No, no. And uh, although, yeah, he could have, I guess if he was a surgeon, yeah, I'm not really sure. That that one baffles me. Yeah, so if, you, if you're a surgeon and you impersonate a nurse, is that illegal? Because that would be kind of like being a detective and impersonating a security guard. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be above that, but you you wouldn't have that particular license. That is true, and I don't think you would know how to be a nurse. Probably not. You know, so I don't. I, I guess you could get in trouble. Mm-hmm. We're looking at we're looking into that. Yeah, can we ask uh, who's our nurse? Is it Celine? Um, no, Brittany. Brittany. Okay, yeah, Brittany. Let us know if we Lee, can. Brittany is a nurse. if there's uh, laws against that. Yeah, there are. Okay, continue. Well, there Carl. shouldn't be. So anyway, where was it, Timmy? Um, we, we impersonate podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it definitely should be a law against that. Um, they knew that the Degnan killer probably had surgical skills, or was a butcher. 
Mm-hmm. Um, now, like Aaron's, he was a known burglar. Mm-hmm. He confessed freely to the Degnan murder, although he would recant that too. Now, Chicago detectives dismissed his claims after Herons became a suspect because it made it kind of iffy to have two guys confessing to the same murder. Well, they could have been two different people. Well, their M.O.s are so different that there probably were two different murders. Mm -hmm. Now, Thomas died in 1974 in an Arizona prison. His prison record and most of the evidence of his interrogation regarding these murders have been lost or destroyed. As for Aaron's, Aaron went to the state prison in Joliet. Where the Blues Brothers are from. Yep. He learned several trades, including electronics, television and radio repair. And at one point, he had his own repair shop in the prison. Good for him. He was was pretty much... um, Wasn't he the first person to get a college degree in uh, state of Illinois prison? He was. He... uh, before college education was made available to prison inmates, Herons on he earned a Bachelor of Arts um, after earning 250 course credit hours by funding the cost of the correspondence courses with tw- from with 20 different universities from his savings. Now, passing courses is varied as he passed courses as varied as languages, analytical geometry. Data processing and tailoring. Now, you know a little bit about tailoring, don't you, devil? Don't you do some sewing on the side? Yeah. I mean, who makes those costumes you wear every day? Yeah, you have to order them. Oh, okay. You order them from, what, Devils or Us or? Hustler. Hustler, yes. You get them from the Hustler store. Wow. This is radio, um, so you can't see. But right right now, what, the devil's sitting here in some uh, tight black leggings and a black corset. Um, mm-hmm. She got some purple lipstick on. So goth. Yeah, she is yeah. kind of goth and dominatrix looking at yeah. the same All time. All of that, totally true. Um, anyway, so he was he, he he even took celestial navigation. Well, so, I, when and, um, and when does that come in handy in a prison? Well, if you're going to escape and you have. Well, if you're going to escape, but I mean, how can you like do your? How can you like do your homework? You can't. You can't see the stars. You can't even see out the window. Right. But anyway, he the managed, point being, he, he was he, he was a pretty smart guy. He was a pretty smart. Guy. He managed the garment factory at Stateville for five years, and he oversaw 350 inmates. And after transfer to Vienna, he set up their entire education program. So really, this guy made some good out of his life. Yeah, he did. Um, he aided other prisoners' educational progress by helping them earn their general educational diploma, GED, became a jailhouse lawyer, and uh, was uh, probably frequently sodomized. We don't know. Because that. he was a handsome man and a small man, and I would say he was... No, we don't know that at all. I would say if you're in Joliet Prison and you're a small, handsome man, you're probably nah, being sodomized. probably helped him with their homework, so he probably got a pass. I don't know that you get a pass. But anyway, we'll have to do, agree to disagree on that. All right, Colonel, we'll do that. Um, anyway, after being, fucking podcast over <laughs> after being taken from his cell, well, you sure you because we got more doo-doo charts we can do. <laughs> um Please continue. After being taken from his cell at Dixon Correctional Center on, Mar- on February 26, 2012, due to health problems, 
He died at the University of Illinois Medical Center on March 5th, 2012 at the age of 83. 83. So he had been in prison. He'd been in prison about 65 years or so. Yeah, a long time. Well, no, not 65 years. He was about 20 when he went in, so... About 63 years. 63 years, yeah. Yeah, not 65. Not 65, Stupid. Yeah. I'm just going off the top of my head. Yeah, but <laughs> not Stupid. 65, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, Brandy, what's your thoughts on the lipstick murderers, and do you think that Mr. Aarons was the guilty party? No. You don't think so? I don't think so. Do you so. think any of those suspects were? Wow. Well, I don't know, but I don't think he was. Yeah, I don't think he was. Do you think the crime, the all the murders were related? No. Do I don't think? think that last girl, little girl, had anything to do with anything. I think that last suspect, the transient guy, he may have been the one who killed the little girl. I'm not even sure he was responsible for all of them, though. I don't think they had any more. I don't think that. I think Aaron's killed the two and uh, transient killed the girl. But why? I mean, there's nothing in the history to say that he was violent. Oh, yeah, there was. He shitty fired, according to the police. Now, they could oh, have when, when he was cornered. But I mean. But he fired a gun twice at the police and misfired. And then he fired a shot up at a woman in the eighth floor window or something. Should have tased him. One of face. those victims was shot. The second one was shot in the head. Yeah. yeah. So he was, it was. So you think he is guilty? I think he probably did the first two. Um, I think he probably did the first two in the transit, did the third one. And he, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know the. Uh, the evidence was pretty weak, though. Against it him. was pretty weak, but it was better than best they could come up with. Should have yeah. tased him in the face. Okay, uh, Brandy, where can people find us? You can find us on the iTunes. On the iTunes, please leave us an iTunes review. That's how people, other people, find us, and we always get a kick out of those reviews. So please leave us an iTunes review. Facebook. We, yes, please uh, join our Facebook page. Yeah, we have uh, the History Dweebs Facebook page, and we have the History Dweebs, the podcast page, where you can actually post um, your anything you want to post. So it's it's uh, we can we can you can discuss the podcast, or you can post you can post pictures of yourself eating donuts because Timmy got some kind of freaky ass fetish about right. that. Whatever you want to post, but join us on History Dweebs uh, Twitter. Facebook. Twitter is at, uh, his, at History Dreams One. We're trying to build up our Twitter following, so please join us there. And History Dreams One. Stitcher. Stitcher, and um, you know we're in like all the podcast drivers. I, I I find new ones every day that we're on that I didn't know we were on. I guess they get our uh, feed from iTunes. Cool. Um, Colonel, any final thoughts? No, I I just wish that. Uh, we will be tweeting soon. Um, not YouTubing. Not YouTubing. We're going to have to do a YouTube here soon. <clears throat> I'm going to set up the channel. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you? I'm going to be posting a picture on the uh, Posting a picture groups. of you eating a, a, a Leclerc? No, I'm going to be posting a picture of myself fully erect to get rid of, dispel these Gross. impotent things once and for all. Please don't do that. (laughs) Nope, nope. You threw down the gauntlet to me. I mean, you sullied my character. You sullied my reputation. Now the colonel got to make things right. There's nothing wrong with being impotent, colonel. So look for in the next week a picture of the little general standing at full attention 
It's just a blood flow problem, I'm sure. It is not. There is no blood flow problem. The circulation is fine down there. So look in the next week. Uh, Timmy has thrown down the challenge, and Timmy is responsible for this picture going up. And I might even picture post a picture of my very healthy-looking stool. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on History Dweeb. Good day. Bye. Say goodbye, Brandy. I did. You just saw me you do it. You stuck up, bitch. Say hello. Say goodbye to the people. Properly. I say said goodbye. Right. Say it right. Don't make me raise my do hand. You want, do, do you, you want a lady maid or not? I do want a lady maid. I want a man maid. Ladies maid. I want a man. I want a man made in China. <laughs> you got a Chinaman. All right. We'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Bye, Bye everyone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.